It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. are Locked On Cougars, and this is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Monday edition of the show. A lot to get to, recapping BYU's dominant defensive outing on the hardwoods as they beat Loyola Marymount to start off WCC play with a win. We'll also get to a new feature we're going to run this month. We're going to go through our all-decade team for BYU football from the 2010s, 2010 to 2019, who are the best 22 players by position, according to myself. We'll get to that, as well as catching up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. Two wins over the weekend for BYU men's volleyball, opening up their season in fine fashion on the road. So we'll recap all of that for you on today's show. This podcast is proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where of course the motto is your team every day. With that rundown out of the way, let's get it started. This is Locked On Cougars for January 6th, 2020. What's up, guys? This is Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining us on a Monday edition of the show. This podcast is available everywhere podcasts can be found. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Anywhere you can listen to a podcast, you can download this show. Please subscribe so that way you never miss a show. And thanks again for joining us as we talk BYU sports. Let's start off today talking BYU basketball. The men's basketball team improved to 1-0 in West Coast Conference play as they dominated Loyola Marymount 63-38 Saturday night. I thought this was an impressive game for BYU because it showed a new way that BYU can win games. Because BYU started the game not making a three-pointer in the first 13 minutes of this game. And it was an ugly, ugly contest in the first half. It was 24-19 at halftime in favor of BYU. And I have to say, I've seen much more entertaining basketball games from BYU this season. This was not one of the games that you'll look back on and say, you know that Loyola Marymount game in the Marriott Center? That was a lot of fun. That was not this game. But BYU, I have to give them credit because they showed they can lock down defensively on an opponent. And I understand that Loyola Marymount is not as good as they have been for the last little bit, but they were frustrated all night long. BYU held uh, the Lions to just 34% shooting for the game. Uh, dropped LMU to 7-9 on the season. They're now 1-1 one and one and one and one in West Coast Conference play as compared to BYU who sits at 12-4. They're now 1-0 in West Coast Conference action. Yoli Childs tallied his fourth double-double of the season with 19 points to lead all scorers. Added 12 rebounds. He had a funny quote in the postgame and this wasn't caught on our recorder 
numbers because this was after they had wrapped up their the players portion of the post game recap or the post game press conference and he's talking to the media because Yoli Childs if you guys don't know this I've talked about this in the past but he actually goes and shakes the hand of every media member in attendance and whatever press conference he's a part of and it's a stand-up thing that I think is really cool it's really unique I haven't seen a lot of athletes do it but as he was doing that he's like hey guys I need your help and we're like okay what's up Yoli and he says I had three blocks and three steals in that game but they only credited me with two blocks and one steal I'm trying to win West Coast Conference Player of the Year so I need you guys to advocate for me on social media and if you follow my Twitter feed at Jacob C. Hatch I think Jay Drew did it as well we both kind of tweeted out that information and uh, it was more in jest from Yoli Childs but he's a guy who's serious about wanting to win West Coast Conference Defensive Player of the Year. It's kind of the one thing he hasn't won in his career in a BYU uniform. He'd like to win it before he leaves, obviously, and he's got one more chance at it. We'll see if he ultimately wins it. I'm not sure that he will, but I do appreciate the fact that he's willing to advocate for a part of his game that he isn't most known for. I think that Yoli's better known as a stellar rebounder, an elite scorer in the West West Coast Conference, but the one thing I do appreciate about him is he's willing to work on his game. I saw some people on social media Saturday Saturday night talking about how smooth his three-point stroke has become, and I, I agree with that. He's become much more adept at shooting the three ball. He's been picking his spots and when he's going to shoot that three. He's not shooting at an extremely high clip in terms of just overall attempts, but when he does attempt a three-pointer, more often than not, it's going to go down. And I really do like that he's worked on his game I don't know that the NBA is going to be his immediate uh, future after he finishes up at BYU this season, but he is doing everything he can do, and a lot of the feedback he's gotten from NBA scouts, NBA personnel, front office executives, that type of stuff, over the last two off-seasons has very much come into how his game has developed over the last couple of years, and that's what I like seeing. So a big win for BYU to open up West Coast Conference play. We talked about this on Friday where you just can't have BYU struggling against the teams like Loyola Marymount. Now, they'll have their first big test of conference play this week as they turn their attention to a road game at St. Mary's. They're going to McKeon Pavilion. That'll be on Thursday, not Saturday, Thursday night, January 9th, 8 o'clock Pacific time. If you know what Pacific time means, that means it's 9 o'clock mountain time. The game will be televised on either ESPN2 or ESPNU. They haven't determined that as of what I've seen as of this morning, Monday morning, early on. We'll make sure to update that for you as it gets a little bit closer, but also be radio broadcasts up and down the BYU Sports Network if you want to listen to the game that way as well. Big uh, opponent, speaking of St. Mary's, BYU traditionally has struggled there at McKeon Pavilion, so it's a big opportunity staring BYU in the face, and I think that they're going to be motivated to go in there. Uh, Yoli Childs in the postgame on Saturday as well, going back to that postgame press conference, said that I've never won at St. Mary's in my BYU career, and he's trying to tick off things that he hasn't done in his career because he's played a lot of places, he's done a lot of things in a BYU uniform, but he wants to make sure his senior year is a memorable one. Winning at McKeon Pavilion would be massive for the Cougars because more than anything, BYU needs to continue tallying quality wins. The West Coast Conference isn't full a lot of, uh, it doesn't have a lot of those quality wins just in terms of the conference play overall. So when BYU gets that opportunity, speaking of a road game this week at St. Mary's, home game against St. Mary's as well later on in conference play in the home and home series they'll have with Gonzaga, you need to acquit yourself well in those games because those are your opportunities to remain on the radar of the NCAA selection committee as we get closer and closer 
to NCAA tournament time. I understand it's still early January. There's still a lot to be played out. But BYU, as long as they keep taking care of business against the teams that are in the lower tier of the West Coast Conference, but also maybe pick up a road win at St. Mary's would be massive. Home wins against both the Gales and the Gonzaga Bulldogs would go a long way as well to helping BYU lock up their spot in March Madness. But you have to take care of business. And this week, they're getting ready for St. Mary's. We'll have more on that as we get a little bit closer to that game on Thursday. But I'm looking forward to this. Um, some other guys who stood out to me before we go real quick. Jake Toulson had a 13-point uh, night, but also added a career-best five steals in the win over uh, Loyola Marymount. He was very vocal on defense. I was listening in, just kind of standing there on the sidelines and uh, observing the game from courtside. He was very vocal on defense, barking out orders to guys, making sure guys know where they need to go. At one point, telling Trevin Nell where he needed to go very vociferously. And I, I appreciate that. I think this team has understood that, you know what? We can win games if we can lock down opponents on defense. And as long as BYU keeps the same mentality they've had all year long so far in terms of playing solid defense, shooting the three ball at an extremely high clip, they're going to be okay. And I think they're going to do quite well in West Coast Conference play. But the nice part was their three ball uh, didn't fall early on in the game against LMU. And they still were able to find a way to win this game in a dominant fashion. And that was more on the defensive side of the ball versus the offensive side. And that's a very positive development for the BYU basketball program as we start West Coast Conference play here. So there you go. Some of my thoughts as BYU takes down Loyola Marymount 63-38. to Dominant defensive outing. Now BYU gets ready for their first big test of West Coast Conference action on the road in Moraga against St. Mary's on Thursday night. All right, we'll get to some BYU football next. I wanted to start off our all-decade team. We're going to go through the 22 positions on the football field. The best player from the 2010s at each of those positions, as determined by myself, you guys will be free to weigh in with this as well. You always can follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check us out at Locked On Cougars. That way you never stay you stay up to date with everything going on in BYU Sports News, but also know anything with regards to the podcast on social media as well. So check that out. Also, you can follow my personal Twitter feed at Jacob C. Hatch. And if you want to weigh in with the show any time via email you'd like to advertise with us you've got a question concern comment whatever you've got email us locked on byu at gmail.com all state wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere especially during march your eyes are on the road but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket their sudden braking puts you in a 16 car pileup that's anything but sweet And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right, guys, this month, in the month of January, we're going to look back at the decade that was the 2010s for BYU, 2010 to 2019. And you can spare me the argument, though the new decade doesn't start until 2021. I, I get that, but I like to go by the zeros. I think it's a more uh, favorable look. It's 2020, after all. I'm not going to start 2021 and say that's the new decade. But we're going to look back at the 2010s this month. And each day, or most days, we'll be breaking down one of the top 22 players. And this is all by position there. 22 positions on the on the football field uh, for BYU as well as some specialist positions that we're going to break down the top players at each of those positions 
from the 2010s, from the decade that was. And there are a number of candidates for every position, obviously, because 10 years means a lot of players have come and gone through the BYU football program. Some may still be playing. We'll talk about the top players in each of those positions. Today, we're going to start off with a specialist position, and we're going to start off with the punter position. And looking back at the decade that was in punting for BYU, some interesting players, uh, big characters in some of the guys, like O'Reilly Stevenson, who was very quiet but went about his business and just took care of things on the field, didn't really talk off the field. When you compare that with a guy like Johnny Linehan, a former rugby star, very outspoken, fun-loving player who had a pretty good career when all was said and done in a BYU uniform. There are a lot of different options. Scott Ariano's on that list. You have Rhett Almond. You also have Danny Jones, our current punter, speaking of BYU. BYU would be uh, would be Jake Oldroyd. Well, who did I determine was the best punter in BYU football history? Well, I'm going to hand that nod to Riley Stevenson, a six foot, 205 pound athlete from Pineview High School. Uh, Riley Stevenson started off his career in the 2009 season for BYU. For his career, he had totaled 200 punts in his BYU career for a career total of 8,581 yards, a tidy average of 42.9 points per game. And not to be outdone, he also had plenty of kickoffs to his credit as well for BYU. Did some kicking as well when needed, but mainly was a punter in his BYU career. And I was very impressed, just kind of my... Growing up and watching BYU sports, 2009 is before I got into the media, but I watched BYU very closely. And Riley Stevenson, to me, was the epitome of steadiness at punter for BYU. Not a spectacular guy in terms of just booming punts, game in and game out. He had plenty of big punts, but he didn't just go out there and just absolutely crush punts game after game. But I came away with it and looked at it. You know what? Very talented punter and just took took care of business. He didn't uh, he didn't bother to be very outspoken during his BYU career that I recall. And I worked in the media during the early part during the latter part of his career. But his career average of forty two point nine one yards had a career long of a sixty seven yard punt, which came during his junior season in twenty eleven. And of his two hundred punts, seventy eight of them inside the twenty. That's a fantastic percentage in terms of pinning opponents back in that so-called coffin corner. So our punter on the all-BYU decade team for the 2010s is Riley Stevenson. I give special honorable mention to two players after looking at this over the weekend and talking with some people about it, and those would be Scott Ariano, a transfer from Foothill College, Santa Anita Inez in California, a kid that very much came in and I thought had a great career after being a junior college transfer. And the other honorable mention goes to Johnny Linehan. Linehan was a crazy story being a former rugby All-American for the BYU rugby program and then coming to BYU football and earning the starting punting position was a guy who made uh, all kinds of different things on social media. I most notably remember his, uh, his, uh, what was it a country song about punting or something like that quite the character speaking of Johnny Linehan and I appreciate all the guys who've come through the BYU football program just because these are kids that are living out their dream playing football at the collegiate level Uh, a lot of them understand you know what the pro ranks probably isn't in my future but I can get a quality education and move on with my life and I think you look at it and 
you look back at some of these guys, and I really appreciate the, all the interaction I've had with some of these players over this previous decade. It's been the decade I started working in the media. I've been working uh, with BYU football, covering BYU football for 10 years. So this is really the first decade that I covered professionally. And it's cool to kind of look back at and say, okay, which of these guys was the best of the best? And I had to give tip the cap and hand it to early on in the BYU independent area in the early 2010s to Riley Stevenson as the all-time all decade punter for BYU from the 2010. So let me know what you guys think on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Locked On Cougars. Please let us know who you think the all-time punter, the all-decade punter for BYU in the 2010s is. If you really want to go all-time, I don't think you can go any different than Thunderfoot himself, Lee Johnson, who's now working in the BYU athletic department. But we can have that argument another day. Maybe down the road a bit, we can do an all-time BYU football team. Now that would generate some debate. But our all-decade team for the 2010s, first player, the punter, who exemplified, I felt like, just taking care of your job on the field without any fanfare, etc., Riley Stevenson, number 99 out of Pineview High School. Like I said, a career of two, career total of 200 punts, putting 78 of them inside the 20-yard line. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal career. 66, 50-yard-plus punts in his career. I thought he was a very impressive athlete, and Riley Stevenson just taking care of business all of the time in a BYU uniform. We'll be doing this almost daily as we continue to count down the all-decade team for BYU. I won't necessarily go position by position in terms of strict order kind of depend on how I feel that day we may go a linebacker one day then go wide receiver we get to the quarterbacks at some point there's plenty to get to as we talk about this all-decade team, and feel free to weigh in with your thoughts as well. Love to have your guys' interaction here on the podcast and get your thoughts on who the best BYU players of the 2010s are, and feel free to weigh in anytime. Uh, we'll get to all the rest of the BYU news you need to know from the weekend that was. Before we do that, though, want to make another uh, plug for you guys to subscribe to the podcast on whichever podcast you're listening to, but more importantly, help us out. Give us a favorable rating and review. Whichever podcast you're using, particularly if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, those five-star reviews are worth their weight in podcast gold. And I would appreciate you guys taking the time to do that. And it doesn't take much time to do it. If you want to leave a short comment about the podcast, we'd love to have that interaction as well. But those star ratings are so important to what we're doing here on the podcast as we continue to build this audience. So I'd appreciate you guys doing that and taking just but a moment to give us a favorable rating and review on whichever podcaster you're listening to, particularly on Apple Podcasts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, guys, let's catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news before we wrap up today's edition of Locked on Cougars. Let's start off on the hardwoods for BYU women's basketball. A disappointing loss for the women's hoops team on Saturday afternoon. Uh, they lost to, to Portland, and this is a disappointing loss for multiple reasons because Portland's not necessarily one of the heavyweights when it comes to West Coast Conference play. But BYU got dominated in this game against the Pilots, losing 57-46. to 46. Sarah Hampson had her 
third double-double of the season in the loss for BYU, but it wasn't enough for the Cougars. Jeff Judkins, after the game, said, quote, the hard part is trying to really is trying to motivate the kids in a lot of ways and get them prepared mentally and physically. We couldn't score, and that affects you. And that's been one of the biggest bugaboos for BYU women's hoops this year is their inability to get buckets at critical moments when they need them most of all. And this is a tough loss for BYU. The first time Jeff Judkins has lost to the Pilots in his head coaching career. I believe I saw a stat. BYU is now 20-1 against Portland all time. This is the one loss. Speaking of the loss, Saturday afternoon for BYU. So just a disappointing outcome for the Cougars. They shot 32.8% from the field as compared to Portland's 31.1%. So Portland didn't shoot well at all. But the Pilots still just took care of business against BYU. Uh, So that stat, it's 20-1 since 1999. So BYU absolutely dominating Portland in the series over the last 20 years, but just a disappointing loss for BYU to drop it in the fashion they did on Saturday afternoon. BYU stays at home this coming Saturday as they host San Diego at 2 o'clock Mountain Time in the Marriott Center. Hopefully they have a better outing, have a week ahead where they can get a lot of practice in. Hopefully figure out some of the things they're trying to do on offense and find a more consistent offensive game as they try to get back into being one of the top WCC teams as we hope they would be this season, but so far has not come to fruition. All right, other things going on in BYU sports news. Let's head over to the men's volleyball. They opened up their season in fine fashion with two wins on the road. The number three ranked Cougars beating Loyola Chicago three sets to one Friday night in Chicago, Illinois, and then going to Romeoville, Illinois on Saturday as they took down uh, number six, Lewis, three sets to one. Gabby Garcia Fernandez was absolutely lights out Saturday night. I don't know how many of you heard about this, but I wanted to mention this. He had a career-high seven aces as BYU beat number six Lewis in those four sets on Saturday. Four of them came in a row as he won the second set for BYU with four straight aces. Uh, Gabby Garcia Fernandez, one of the All-Americans on BYU's men's volleyball squad, a fantastic player. Like I said, guys, if you have an opportunity to go watch the men's volleyball team in action, I would encourage you to do it. They have a ton of fun. It's a high-paced game. It doesn't lack for uh, drama, etc. And they have big-time showdowns this coming Saturday and Friday night when they host number 15 Penn State. The Nittany Lions, one of BYU's teams that have beaten them in a national championship recently. The Nittany Lions coming to Provo, Utah for a ho- for two-game set Friday night and Saturday night in the Smith Fieldhouse. The it should be a rocking environment. I would encourage you guys, if you have an opportunity, head on out to the Smith Fieldhouse Friday or Saturday night, watch the men's volleyball team. Should be a fantastic environment as BYU faces off against the Nittany Lions on their home court for the first time this season. All right, final thing today is that BYU Women's Gymnastics has their first meet of the season tonight at the Marriott Center as they host Nebraska in a dual meet. Should be a fun environment there at the Marriott Center. Uh, Guard Young has done a good job building this BYU Women's Volleyball team, kind of in the image that he wants him to be. He wants to make it to the NCAA National Championships at some point and he's done a good job building this program. I'm not 100% sure that they'll make it this year, but they're continuing to build. But they start off tonight, 5.30pm Mountain Time in the Marriott Center against Nebraska. It will be televised live on BYU TV. If you want to watch it on TV or you can go out to the Marriott Center and get tickets at BYUcougars.com or at BYUtickets.com. You can get all the information there about the home meet tonight if they take on Nebraska. 
All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the podcast. I want to thank you guys once again for your continued support of the show. It is an absolute blast to do this podcast every day. I actually had another person talk to me over the weekend and say, do you really enjoy doing it? I'm like, I truly do. It's a ton of fun. I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I enjoy bringing it to you daily. We aim to be your one-stop shop for all of the BYU sports news you need to know each and every day. Every program in the BYU Athletic Department, we want you to be the smartest BYU fan when talking about it so that people are like, wow, that guy really knows what he's talking about. And guess what? Your secret weapon is this podcast. Feel free to share with your family and friends. Hopefully you guys are enjoying it. And please feel free to weigh in anytime you guys want. I would love to hear from you guys on what you want to see from the BYU side of things, insider information, recruiting, whatever it is this time of year you want to hear about, let me know. And I'll be happy to incorporate that. We're going to be doing more fan interaction stuff, listener interaction, where we do uh mailbag type segments etc each week and of course if you want to weigh in with the show uh, voice memos on your phone you can record them and email them to people well guess what if you want to have your voice on the podcast you can do that record that voice memo email it to us at lockedonbyu at gmail.com and we we would be happy to have your guys's voice as part of this podcast with your thoughts on whatever it is about BYU sports football basketball whatever BYU wise you want to weigh in with feel free to weigh in any time you can email us like I said with that voice memo at lockedonbyu at gmail.com alright until tomorrow hope you guys have a great rest of your Monday whenever you hear this and we'll talk to you soon this has been Locked On Cougars for January 6th 